Outrun the Menopause. Thank you for joining me on this podcast today. If you're listening to this on the day of release, it is officially World Menopause Day. It's Tuesday the 18th of October in 2022. And I really, really wanted to launch my podcast on this day, specifically because we are uh, Outrun the Menopause and we're trying to raise that awareness globally. And I thought today would be the perfect day to launch myself out there into the podcast sphere so I can help as many women as possible negotiate this very difficult time of life which is the menopause transition. Now this year the theme for World Menopause Day is cognition and mood so I thought it'd be really important in this episode to actually discuss these issues. Now in this day of wanting to be able to do it all women are putting far too much pressure on themselves to be a high-flying career woman, super mum at home, super wife to their partner, sex goddess in the bedroom, an amazing housewife, oh gosh I hate that word, uh, master chef of all things healthy and homemade. I mean are oven meals like occasionally so bad? Uh, They having to be a taxi driver to the children to make sure that Everyone is where they need to be, when they need to be there and making sure they've got all the equipment or books that they need every single day. And it is exhausting. And it's exhausting at any stage of life. But it can be even more exhausting when we're going through the menopause transition, when we're having to deal with the erratic hormones and sleepless nights and mood swings and brain fog and and everything that can accompany this stage of life. So as today's World Menopause Day, if you're listening to this on day of release and we're talking about cognition and mood, what I wanted to talk to you about is what is cognition and what are the cognitive changes that happen around menopause? Now, the common terminology that's referred to a lot of these issues is brain fog. Okay, so this is a collective term of symptoms for things such as poor concentration, memory issues, like difficulty absorbing information and just generally feeling like your brain has turned to absolute mush. These symptoms are very common and they vary between women. So some women have lots of issues with brain fog uh, and some women are not so bad and it can cause all sorts of issues. It can cause arguments at home because your partner might say, but I've already told you that. And you're like, no, you didn't. And then you've got him or her saying one thing and you saying another. Uh, It might cause issues at work with you sort of forgetting what you're supposed to be doing or having trouble concentrating on a task, forgetting about meetings you're supposed to be at and so on. And then when you're suffering with this brain fog and confusion, it then gets you more stressed out. And then if you're more stressed, it makes it even harder to concentrate and you get stuck into this vicious cycle. The actual definition of cognition is all forms of knowing and awareness, such as perceiving, conceiving, remembering, reasoning, judging, imagining and problem solving. So that's quite a big range of functions that this can affect going as we're going through our menopause transition. In menopause, it tends to kind of arise as things like having trouble sort of remembering words. I mean, my husband laughs at me because I say, oh, that thingamajig or that thingamabob over there behind the who's a what's it. And I expect him to know exactly what I mean. And to be fair to the guy, he often does. But uh, 
when I'm trying to do that at work, so yeah, just pass me the what's it. It's very hard for people to know what the what's it is, and I'm not referring to the, the crisps. You might also find that you're losing things all the time, like such as your keys or uh, being a little bit more absent-minded. And I don't know if you've ever had that situation where you kind of walk into a room and all of a sudden like your memory has gone blank and you have absolutely no idea why you're in there it's it's almost as though walking through that door frame is like a, an eraser for your brain and all of a sudden you can't remember anything anymore and I often sort of joke saying oh I'm going to walk back out the room because hopefully as I go through the door my brain will start to work again and I'll remember what I came in here for I'm sure it's not just me you can easily get distracted and forget things such as important appointments uh, I must confess, uh, I once forgot to pick my son up from school. I think it was more I was engrossed in doing something at work, totally forgot the time, forgot what day of the week it was because two days a week my in-laws collect my little boy from school but absolutely totally forgot so I had to embarrassingly phone the school and uh, explain the situation and dash back up to get him and uh, my little one being the one he is, he's like, Mummy, you forgot me! And he's not going to forget that because... We've nicknamed him the Rain Man because he seems to remember everything. So he's going to be able to hold that against me for the rest of his life. So please rest assured you're not the only one suffering. But the good news is that brain fog is temporary. It tends to dissipate on its own and that tends to stabilise as your body starts to adjust to its new state of being as your hormones start to calm down. So the other thing that uh, we're looking at on World Menopause Day this year is our mood. And what you may have noticed is that as your hormones are sort of fluctuating sort of during perimenopause and so on, so are your emotions. Now, this combination of fluctuating hormones and then the addition of hot flashes and poor sleep and brain fog can really turn you into like a Jekyll and Hyde type of character. And you might find sometimes you're completely normal, you're your happy, usual, very tolerant self, and then all of a sudden you sort of burst into tears because you've accidentally put sugar in your colleague's tea. Or you may feel as though you're on top of the world, absolutely unstoppable one minute, then all of a sudden you find yourself screaming like a banshee because your partner left the milk out of the fridge and it's gone warm and now you can't have a nice cup of coffee. Now ladies, unfortunately, if you're one of those people that experience premenstrual symptoms and you're going through your normal monthly cycles, unfortunately you are more likely to experience mood swings as you go through this menopause transition. But perimenopause rage or meno rage, whatever you want to call it, there's lots of terminology and mockery out there in the ether. But it doesn't mean you're going crazy and it doesn't mean you're going to feel like this way forever. Again, it can calm down. And what I'm going to go on and discuss with you is lots of ways that you can try and improve your situation as you're going through this phase. Now, as I said, not everyone is going to suffer all of these symptoms, but I'm going to explain to you a little bit about why this can happen. As we go through our menopause transition, we're having this change in our hormones and our estrogen in particular is the one that's responsible for a lot of the involvement with changes in our mood and our cognition. Now, estrogen or E2 in particular, which is one of the different types of estrogen, is linked to serotonin. So estrogen increases our serotonin, but it also prevents its breakdown, which means we have more of it floating around in our body. Now that your brain, it gets used to having these high levels of serotonin and then as you start to lose it, your brain is kind of left wanting. It's wanting that serotonin and it can lead to erratic moods, irritability, restlessness. It can make you feel anxious. You can have difficulties with sleeping. It can cause digestive issues 
and then that classic anger, that meno rage. Now, estrogen also helps with cortisol, which is one of our stress hormones. Now, I don't have to tell you that when your stress levels are high, when your cortisol is high, how you feel. That's when you're in that fight or flight mode and it constantly feels like you're chasing your tail and there's always someone after you and you just feel sort of really pent up and stressed all the time and your heart's racing and you're fidgety and restless. That can be absolutely draining and we definitely want to calm that down. Now, I've had ladies that have said to me in their kind of late 40s, early 50s that they're really worried that they're getting dementia. Now, dementia before the age of 64 is very, very rare. But so many women think, oh my gosh, you know, my mother had dementia or my grandmother had dementia and now I'm forgetting things and I'm losing things and I don't know what day of the week it is and really, really start to get anxious about their issues with their memory and their brain fog. But this is a temporary phase. It is extremely, extremely rare to have the onset of dementia before 64. So please try not to worry because most of you will come through this completely unscathed at the end, but we just need to get there. Now there's a saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. And this is so, so true. And self-care at this stage of life is really, really important. In fact, it's vital. It's not a luxury. It's not selfish. It's what you need to do to preserve your health and well-being so that you can be the best version of yourself, not only for you, but for those around you as well. Now, even the Duracell bunny will eventually run out of energy and need time to recharge. And this is what you need to do with your self-care. Now, exercise, sleep and diet have a very, very important role in our overall health and well-being and particularly our cognition and mood. And this is what we're talking about in today's podcast. So I'm going to talk to you about lots of things that you can do that are really, really simple, completely drug free to try and help you get through this stage of the menopause. As discussed earlier, serotonin is really, really essential in keeping the human body running smoothly and it impacts absolutely everything from your basic bowel functions through to your higher brain processing. During our menopause transition, our serotonin levels are declining, so we need to find ways to boost them, not only to reduce our brain fog and the craziness that's going on through this menopause transition, but also improve our long-term overall health and well-being. Now, to correct low serotonin levels, there are some really, really easy lifestyle improvements that you can do every day, one little step at a time, that will make a huge overall long-term impact. Exercise is one of the best things that you can do to help improve your serotonin levels and help improve your mood. Now, incorporating at least 30 minutes of aerobic exercise into your daily routine has been shown to give you that serotonin high, that kind of happy feeling after exercise. Now, when you're exercising, your serotonin levels increase, but other feel-good chemicals such as dopamine and endorphins, your happy hormones, are also increasing as well. So you're getting more bang for buck. To get the added bonus... Getting outside first thing in the morning to do your exercise can really help boost your mood because when you absorb sunlight through your eyes and through your skin, so getting outside into the fresh air, it triggers your brain to produce more serotonin. So you want to make sure you're getting plenty of sunlight. It's going to help your body produce more vitamin D because we produce that through our skin with the benefit of sunlight. And you may have heard how some people suffer with seasonal affective disorder. So this is when our exposure to sunlight decreases in the winter. And that then leads to serotonin deficiency, which causes the seasonal affective disorder. 
And this is the same thing that can exacerbate low mood as we're going through our menopause transition. So to cut a long story short, we absolutely need sunlight to function. Sun exposure aids the production of lots of vitamins and hormones, especially the serotonin, like we've been discussing earlier in this podcast, and how important that is in lots of body functions, such as our mood, our appetite, our memory and our energy levels. So also, when we expose ourselves to sunlight, our bodies produce this serotonin, which is later converted into melatonin. Now, melatonin is another crucial hormone that's really important for our sleep-wake cycle. Now, when we're going through this menopause transition, lots of you get, oh my gosh, I can never sleep, or I fall asleep and I wake up a million times. And it's not just because I need a wee, it's just because I can't sleep. Um, If you're having hot flashes in the night, they're called night sweats, and you find you end up having to get up and change your PJs or change the bedsheets. It's absolutely bedlam. Now, if we can make sure we've got good levels of melatonin in our system, this really helps with our sleep-wake cycle, which is known as our circadian rhythm. So when we're exposed to darkness, so overnight, our bodies produce melatonin, and that signals that it's time to sleep. Then in the morning, when we're exposed to sunlight, we produce more serotonin. Serotonin results in more melatonin, that when it comes to going to bed at night, it's then easier to get to sleep. So it's a lovely positive cycle. If the more serotonin you have, the more melatonin you produce, it's easier to go to sleep. Get a good night's sleep, it's easier to wake up, get yourself out early, go and get some exercise, expose yourself to beautiful sunlight. Even if it's a cloudy day, you'll still get an exposure to sunlight through those clouds. You can still make a bit of vitamin D, still get the brightness in your eyes, stimulate that serotonin, more melatonin, better sleep. So it really does work in this sort of positive feedback loop. So even if you feel rotten in the morning, even if you can just stand in the garden, take some deep breaths in, look around, enjoy what's around you, it really is a good start heading in the right direction. There's lots of research as well to show that surrounding yourself in nature can have a really strong impact on your state of mind. It can help bring around feelings of peace and calmness. Lots of people like to meditate outside, sit in the garden or go for walks somewhere peaceful. I'm very fortunate where I live. I've got a beautiful, beautiful common on my doorstep where I like to go with my dog. There's also lots of trails and paths near me and I just love to get out in that countryside, explore new sights, new sounds. And I sometimes find that if I'm feeling kind of really pent up and I think can't be bothered to go for a run this morning I'm not in the mood I feel tired I've got too much to do I'm too stressed that is the time that I need to get out for a run and if I don't feel like running or I don't have the energy to run that's the time when I at least need to get out and go for a walk now I have a dog called Cheney and she is my running buddy but she needs a walk as well she loves to get out she's a German shorthead pointer and she goes stir crazy if we didn't get her out regularly So she is a great motivator. I'm not saying everybody has to go out and buy a dog. Everyone kind of tended to do that in lockdown and now we've got lots of dogs that uh, are now unfortunately needing to be rehomed and adopted. So don't go out and just get one for the sake of it because Nikki said on her podcast, I need to get a dog to go for a walk. Um, But if it does suit your family life or if you have a dog, use that as a reason to get yourself up, get out early and make the most of the day. Now, when we had COVID and lockdown, people's lifestyles sort of shifted. People weren't having to get up so early to commute to work. You know, you could work in your pyjamas. And the problem with that is that people weren't getting up and out of a morning. You know, we've noticed that people's mood has declined. And this is not only sort of menopause related, but in general, you know, if you 
if you had like to go into the office and had to be in the office for a certain time, you would get up, get yourself dressed, get outside either, even if it's in the car or walking to the tube station, you're still up and out and moving and it helps with that circadian rhythm and that normalization of your hormonal cycle. But now more people are working from home, people have got out of that habit of getting up and out the door because you don't need to. You can just crawl out of bed, switch your computer on, log on, sit there in your PJs, and then we're losing that regular exposure to the fresh air and to the sunlight and to getting that exercise. And people underestimate the amount of exercise that they would do by going into the office to work because by going to the office, you're going to have to do the commute. Even if you're going by car, you have to walk to your car, park your car up walk into the office you'll be moving around the office and instead of logging on to zoom or teams for a meeting you're going to walk to a meeting room if you want to speak to a colleague instead of again jumping on the computer you might actually walk across the office or up a few floors depending on the size of your building to go and speak to a colleague you'd pop out for lunch or you'd pop out for a coffee or after work you might go out with friends for a drink and again walking to the bar or then walking to the station And again, working from home has just cut all of that out of our diaries and it's really, really underestimated the impact that that is having on our systems. So if you're now one of these people that work from home, try and get yourself into a good routine. Set your alarm, get yourself up at a regular time. I'm not saying you need to join the 5am club that lots of people are part of. I'm certainly not one of those apart from days that I unlock the gym. But set yourself a regular time to wake up and also have a regular bedtime so that we can regulate that sleep-wake cycle. And as soon as possible in the morning, get yourself outside, even if it's in the garden. If you haven't got a garden, if you've got a balcony, if you're in your flat, or if you're in an apartment, just go to the windows, open up the windows, take in that fresh air, look out, let the light get into your system and start improving that cycle. Now, on this topic of our circadian rhythms, we want to think about our sleep as well. Now, sleep is known to counteract stress and restful sleep allows your body to produce serotonin and keep your cortisol production low. Now, during our menopause transition, because our hormones are going all crazy, cortisol isn't kept in check because estrogen helps to keep cortisol levels down. So as our estrogen levels are sort of fluctuating all over the place, we tend to have much higher levels of cortisol, that stress hormone, which then can lead to kind of increased anxiety and feeling stressed out. So if we can get a good night's sleep, that's going to help keep our cortisol levels low or lower. Breaking the fast in the morning, so having breakfast, which I know a lot of women skip, but I'm not going to go on about it too much in this podcast because I could talk all day and I will do another one about it. But it's really important, ladies, that we eat something first thing in the morning because that reduces the cortisol levels. Now, cortisol is inflammatory and it can cause all sorts of issues within our system in terms of problems with sore joints and digestive issues. So we want to get that down. So eat something first thing in the morning. And if you're noticing that you've got issues with sleep disturbances, that's going to make you think you probably have got these low serotonin levels. So that's when you need to start doing some of these things that I'm talking to you about in this podcast. Diet has a really important role to play as we're going through the menopause transition in terms of cognition and our mood. Now, one of the important things is to eat regularly because the combination of the hormonal roller coaster of sort of perimenopause and beyond, which is going to put you on edge anyway, add in being hangry, which is angry because you're feeling hungry, 
add that into this emotional roller coaster, it is an absolute recipe for disaster. No pun intended. Um, so I recommend that you always keep some healthy snacks to hand, so some almonds or a banana, just something really, really easy so you can kind of just take the edge off that hunger to help keep things at bay. Now, there are studies that have shown that there are some foods that you can eat that increase the synthesis of serotonin in your brain. So foods such as milk, chicken, eggs, nuts, turkey, cottage cheese and red meat can all increase our tryptophan intake. And tryptophan is used to help increase the synthesis of serotonin. So that's a really, really nice, easy way that you can use your diet to help improve your serotonin levels. Now, in terms of your diet, it's not just what you eat, but it's also about what's going on within your gut. Now, there's lots and lots of information coming out in the research at the moment about the importance of gut health. This is becoming kind of really sort of pertinent um, at the moment. And again, I will do more podcasts about this, but I'm trying to kind of keep this compact for you. Um, But the brain only accounts for about 10% of our body's supply of serotonin. The rest of it um, is comes through our digestive and vascular systems. And a lot of serotonin is made in your gut. So the actual kind of makeup of your gut in terms of the good and the, the bad bacteria can have a huge impact on your serotonin production. Now, if you eat lots of probiotic foods and a high fiber diet, that can help improve your gut microbial diversity which in turn improves your gut health which can help produce those levels of serotonin now we literally need to have a really really diverse bacteria in our gut in order to influence our serotonin levels and this in turn will affect our mood so you know they always say a, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach really a way to a woman's brain and her mood is also through her stomach Um, So it's also about timing of when you eat. So again, a lot of women tend to skip breakfast. So as I said, please try not to do that. I know lots of ladies that are just, oh, I can't stomach anything in the morning, especially like active ladies who are going out for a run. They're like, oh, no, I can't possibly eat and then go for a run. But you can train yourself to get used to eating in the morning. So if you're not a breakfast person, what I would say, just start off with something really small, even if it's literally a couple of spoonfuls of Greek yogurt couple of bites of a banana just something I'm not saying fill up on a big bowl of overnight oats or anything like that just a little something to break that fast and get your body used to having food first thing in the morning it's also going to help with the gut health it's going to help bring the cortisol levels down and it's going to improve your serotonin levels and improve your overall mental health and well-being other little things that you can do to help which are lovely is things like getting a massage having a massage contributes to release of your some of your happy hormones like dopamine but also your serotonin and the rush of these chemicals in your body can make you feel really relaxed afterwards that sort of post-massage bliss is a real thing it's not made up um you're not sort of spoiling yourself by going for a massage it is something can have a really really positive benefit on your mental health And it has been shown that going for a massage can actually increase your serotonin levels by up to 30%. So not only is it great for serotonin, but it's good for your muscles as well. So again, for active ladies that like to um, exercise, going for a run, going for the gym, it's going to help with your mood. It's going to also help with tissue repair and healing, which will improve your sports performance. So there's an awful lot of benefits to massage. And again, going forward, I'm going to do a whole other podcast on this because 
This is a massive topic. I've got so much to share with you. Trying to start off with this episode one is really quite tricky. And then overall stress management is really, really very important because if stress is, you know, steamrolling and getting all on top of you, it can get really, really hard to focus anyway. Add in the menopause transition, changes in our hormones, it can really become quite overwhelming. So things like yoga and meditation and breathing exercises can really help. Uh, There's lots of apps out there now like Headspace that can sort of help you if you don't know where to start. So I've got five quick, easy little tips that you can use every single day to try and help manage the brain fog and the symptoms that are going on. Now, things that I find, number one, make lots of notes. Even if you think you're going to remember something, write it down anyway. Now, I like using post-it notes at work. I've got coloured bits of paper everywhere, but I also put notes in my phone. So if I'm out and about and I think, oh, I must remember that, I make a note in my phone. So I've got an iPhone, I just get into the little note section, I pop it in there. The great thing about doing that, it then populates to my MacBook um, and I have my notes wherever I go. Number two, set reminders or alarms on your phone. So if you need to pick someone up a certain time, like picking your child up from school on certain days, set an alarm half an hour in advance so you don't forget and then 15 minutes before in case you put the alarm off and think, I've got time. If you're going out for a lunch date with your girlfriends, maybe sort of set up a WhatsApp group, send plenty of messages to help each other to remember. Number three, be honest with your employer. Now, when you're going through this stage of life and you're sort of struggling with memory loss and and brain fog, it can make work really, really tricky. You can make some silly mistakes that you wouldn't normally do. Um, You'll get flustered more easily. You might be a bit grumpy. So your colleagues think you're just a bit moody and they might not be very understanding. But I find that if you're honest with your employer and you can explain what's happening, hopefully they will be more accommodating. There's a big push now for workplaces to understand more about menopause and to be more accommodating to women. But I think the best thing is to be honest. And when I talk to women about this, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I can't tell my boss. Oh my gosh, I'd be mortified. Like he would just think I'm this or she would think I'm that. And it's not just men that don't understand the menopause. It's women as well. Hence my podcast to educate women about the menopause and what's happening. But at least if you're honest and you're explaining the situation that you're in, they might be a bit more accommodating or they could help you put strategies in place at work or some technology that you can use or systems to put into place or processes to ensure that you can do your job to the best of your ability. Number four is to be kind to yourself. Okay, accept that your emotions are on a roller coaster and don't be hard on yourself when you make mistakes. Now, the inner critic is going to rear her ugly head and tell you you're useless, you're mean, you're fat, you're ugly. But you need to ignore her. You need to ignore the bully in your head. Ignore that shitty committee. They do not know what they're talking about. You're going through a tough time. It's completely normal, but it's going to take time to come through it. And you need to remember, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you can do this, And these crazy times will pass. This is not how you are going to feel forever. And hold on to the fact that you are going to come out the other side. And while you're going through this period of time, we just need to start putting into place some simple, manageable strategies to try and make that transition a little bit smoother. And quick tip number five, say sorry to yourself and to others. 
Now, while you're going through this stage, you may say some really unkind things to yourself and to others that you don't really mean just because you're feeling really, really emotional. And probably the person that's going to take the brunt of this is your partner and your family. The people that are closest to you are going to get the rough end of the stick as you're going through this. But never be afraid to apologise and the sooner the better. The more time that passes, the harder the apology becomes. And sadly, far too many relationships break down as women are going through the menopause transition because the women are struggling emotionally, their partners don't understand what's going on, and it can lead to lots and lots of rows at home. If you look at the statistics on divorce rates, they're so much higher for people in their 50s. And I think a lot of this, or some of this, could be attributed to women going through the menopause transition because we're not as in control of our emotions. We don't necessarily make objective decisions. So if you're having a big barney with your partner, try not to file for divorce immediately. Take a step back. Take some time to think. I'm sure no one would file for divorce over one argument, hopefully, because... Arguing is quite a normal part of a healthy relationship. People that tell me they've never had an argument with their partner makes me think they're either a liar or a doormat because you can't always agree with your other half. People saying they never argue just... just is beyond me. I think I'm quite a reasonable, uh, objective, fair person, but I'm just as uh, likely as every other person to have a Barney with their other half. And I think it's good to air your opinions and your feelings sometimes, but do try and be objective. And like I said, say sorry to yourself and to those around you. So this is the wrap of my first podcast with you. I hope I haven't been too sciencey yet. I hope I've given you enough information. Um, I would really, really, really love to hear your feedback and your opinions. If there's anything in particular you want me to cover on this podcast for you, please send me a message, nikki at nikkiedwards.com, so that I can make sure that I'm covering everything for you. Now, I'm going to be trying to do two episodes a week of this podcast. I'd like to do one where I'm going to answer one of your your questions so again do email me your questions nikki at nikki and i'm going to do a bite-sized session like a, a little 10 minute episode once a week answering your questions and i'm going to do a longer episode a week i'm going to be aiming for about 30 minutes in a session because i think that's a lovely uh, a lovely size session where we can really tackle a topic but it would just cover you going through maybe going for a walk or doing a workout or a quick trip in the car Things to remember from today's podcast. Mood swings, men are age, completely normal, but there's lots that we can do to help it. Brain fog, going through menopause transition, completely normal. Don't start panicking thinking you've got dementia. Dementia before the age of 64 is extremely rare. Even if your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother had dementia, don't start panicking yet. There are lots and lots of simple little steps that you can take. And I'm mindful that some of these steps might feel quite huge if you're going through a tough time right now. My number one thing I would recommend is get yourself out in the sunshine, in the fresh air. It's free and it has a huge impact on your overall health and well-being. Getting that sunlight into your eyes, into your skin, improves your hormone levels. It helps you vitamin D. It will help with bone density that we will cover on a later podcast. Add in that getting out early in that sunlight with some aerobic exercise. Again, it's going to help boost those serotonin levels. Combine that with meeting up with a friend. It'll improve that social interaction. 
thinking about sleeping regularly have a good sleep wake cycle try and get yourself to bed at the same time every night set your alarm to wake up at the same time every day better consistency is going to help with a better sleep wake cycle and that's going to help keep your hormones at a steady state but will help keep the emotions under control and then your diet so a good diet full of things like chicken salmon eggs cottage cheese can help improve your serotonin levels and making sure you're getting lots of fiber in your diet keeping that gut health going so i've been nikki edwards episode one of outrun the menopause i hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today and i look forward to speaking to you all soon please hit that subscribe button leave a review let me know what you think and please 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 share this with anyone else you think would really benefit i'm nikki edwards Let's outrun the menopause.